Will he be celebrating in victory lane to a song like that or something else? That is one of the topics. About Ty Gibbs. No, no. We'll get to that on Friday in the fast lane. Instead, it's time to get into the weeds right now. Let's get into the weed. (coughs) Smoke weed every day. Excuse me. Let's get into the weeds where we take a dive into different sports topics here on the fast lane. So Chase Elliott is a driver that Trey has long, long, longingly said will not make the NASCAR playoffs. But he's the odds on favorite right now to win at Watkins Glen in the cup race this coming weekend. Still feel good about it. Trey still feels good about it. Does that change, though, after hearing Chase Elliott after the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Cup race, registering a top three, no less, very blunt when he spoke with FrontStretch.com afterwards, saying, just didn't quite have enough. Not quite enough. Not quite enough. Very quick, succinct answer on how he could not get to victory lane. But... Felt like he does have more speed than he's had before. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had we had a fast snap of Chevy, so that you know, it's always good to have have pace. We just need a little bit more. Fast car, always good to have pace. People view this as this chance where, hey, Chase may not have won at Indianapolis, but he's starting to flex and to assert himself. Are people putting the cart before the horse on this? Trey, you seem to believe the answer is definitively yes. Have you wavered off your stance at all and believe that Chase Elliott is maybe more of a threat to get to victory lane now? Well, clearly, Ed, you have not listened to the latest Happy Hour episode, which is out nope. right now, which to your tomorrow credit. Tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning. To your credit, it came out this afternoon, so you, you might not have a chance, but I will spoil part of it where I say I still believe Chase Elliott will not make the playoffs. I'm a little not confident about it going into Watkins Glen, but I will say this. I can guarantee if he doesn't win this weekend, he will not, he will not make the playoffs. You don't feel good about his chances at Daytona? Nope. So I'm guaranteeing that if he doesn't win, which I don't think he wins, because I might pick his teammate or I might pick... My guy! Um, to sweep the weekend. No. Uh, but a Toyota that is really good at road courses. That is, uh, the If you take Ty Gibbs' number and flip it, that's who I think will win. You know, that is not a bad bet. Here's where I would be uh, nervous if I were you with your projections. And this is why. Chase Elliott looks like he's had speed lately. That's a good thing for him. He's shown that on a road course also. Could lightning strike twice again and Michael McDowell goes back-to-back, much like before that it was Chris Buescher going back-to-back at Richmond, Michigan. Sure, I think it's possible. I don't rule it out. But there are too many other drivers right now. Martin Truex Jr., who's been good in a lot of spots, including historically he's been better at Watkins Glen than he's been at the Indy Road Course, and he's been strong everywhere. Could it be that? Your guy, the the guy that you mentioned, Tyler Reddick, who does have a good road course pedigree, but people have forgotten about He's been the best road course racer in the next-gen car. Correct. That's the thing with Chase Elliott. He looked very good, like he was starting to figure it out at Indianapolis. My initial thought, though, Trey, is at about three and a half to one odds on Chase Elliott to win the race at Watkins Glen. First off, my initial thought is at those type of odds, why would you bet him before practice? Unless he goes out and absolutely is dominant in practice and qualifies well, at which point, because there's enough good competition there, there's a decent chance that number may only go to about three to one. 
why not just wait till you get the data points? I get you're sacrificing a little bit of betting value, but to me, it's kind of tapped out. And yes, I can see a pseudo dark horse emerging for this race, <coughs> Ty Gibbs Sweep the Weekend. Um, but here's the truth, though. Pretends you, to be shocked you said that. You outlined a couple of other drivers, Trey. And while I feel more unnervous that Chase Elliott couldn't do it, and I think it's, look, it's not shocking me if he gets to victory lane at Watkins Glen. The raw value says there's just other drivers out there where there's enough that could get to victory lane. So from a Chase Elliott standpoint, if you're telling me to put my money on him, which I'm not advocating anyone do that at all right now, just wait until after practice before you have a better idea of what the decision is going to be for him. Because Chase is a guy where confidence matters. And if he's confident going into Watkins Glen, and then all of a sudden he runs well in practice and qualifies well, he is as hot and cold as you'll find of NASCAR drivers. And am I going out on a limb and saying that, Trey, that when things are going south for Chase Elliott, you saw this at the end of last year and even the year before that, when he's in that late playoff push, but just doesn't seem like he's got the answers to the question of how he's going to have a consistently dominant race car. It seems to elude him, and he runs cold. The flip side is, he's run better lately, and when he gets hot, he kind of has that wave of a streak that confidence goes. And that may change, and he's mellow enough that it could smooth itself out over time, but I haven't seen enough to believe that that's going to happen right now, which means he's been cold for a while. I don't think he's going to be cold forever and I can see a path. All that to say, I'm not betting on him because of the number, but I'm not shocked if Chase Elliott wins at Watkins Glen this week either. Yeah, I think he, I mean, I think a lot of drivers are very, I don't see moody, but like very temperamental in terms of they'll get hot, they'll get like, you know, um, it's it's just the way it is. Uh, I think it's the way the sport is, and I think for a guy who I think is a driver that builds himself into a season, because we never like. If you look at Chase, especially his championship year, he really built into that season. And the same thing for last year. He didn't really win early. He built into a season. Well, the part where he's quote-unquote building got taken away from him, both by his doing and by an injury. So I think if you really think about it, this is when he's kind of now built up the, whether it's the confidence, the the reputations, you know, the reps, because there's no practice, no real practice, no qualifying. So the laps he needs to get going, it's now hitting here, and he's won at Watkins Glen. It's where he got his first win, so there's a chance he can win there. I think we're now at the point of the season where, like, it's his best shot to win because he's finally in a rhythm for the season. Like, this wouldn't shock me. Like, let's say he doesn't win the next two weeks and then wins at Bristol or Darlington to start the playoffs, where he's not in the playoffs, which his car will be in the playoffs because it will be in the owner points, but that doesn't matter. Um, just, just want to point. Oh, that you're out. right about that. Which is kind <laughs> I just of confusing wanna, the now. I just want to point that out. But uh, he, he uh, you know, and, and like he wins one of those two races. That's kind of where I see what's happening for Chase because the playoffs will hit and he's finally in a rhythm. So that's a good point that you see that with drivers. In fact, I go a step further and say there's a, a scenario where I can see Ty Gibbs missing the playoffs. But once he misses the playoffs, the pressure of making it is off. And then at that point, it's throw bleep against the wall and see what sticks for next year. He definitely would not use the bleep word. 
Uh, but throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks and just go for it and get to victory lane, which is not far-fetched to believe that that's a big part of the reason why last year, uh, the first, what, three to four drivers who won in the chase, Nat, uh, the playoff the playoff races were actually non-playoff drivers at the start of last year. I can see a scenario for that because the pressure is off in that situation. Um, speaking of NASCAR, by the way, NASCAR versus Noah Gregson. It's largely reached its resolution in head when Legacy Motor Club and Noah Gregson mutually agreed to part ways last week. Kyle chimed in, though, in reference to the Gregson suspension, saying on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram platforms at Fast Lane Ed Lane, appeasing corporate sponsors doesn't mean much if doing so causes you to lose your own. NASCAR has been headed downhill for a while, mostly because of decisions like this one. I'll blow back on that from Kyle, in large part because if you think about it for NASCAR and the loss of viewership, it's not been all that large. It's followed a trend of fairly steady viewership the last three to four years. And people will point to getting involved in social justice, but if anything, it kind of created an uptick in NASCAR viewership that wasn't stark, but is held steady and is at least weathered the, what I think was the peak and now the waning to a certain extent of the interest in Formula One racing in the United States, in part because Formula One is just a hideous product to actually watch because it's the same predictable outcome every year. Now, it still has good viewers. The Drive to Survive series generate a lot of hype. But for NASCAR to say that a decision like them intervening and tacking on a, an extra couple of races of the suspension of Noah Gregson after Legacy Motor Club suspended him for run, one race, I think kind of misses things. If nothing more than the fact, Trey, that it's not like Noah Gregson is a guy that for most eyeballs has ever been must-see TV anyway. Yeah, uh, sorry, I I was uh, thinking there. Uh, yeah, Noah's Noah's situation is unique in terms of I, I I think once you make the stance about the Confederate flag and everything there, it, it just made sense. And, and you know, I I go back to to Atlanta, and it was like that was like the first you know moment they kind of acknowledged the incident with George Floyd, and obviously his owner, like. His owner was the like forefront of this video of NASCAR drivers talking about social justice. So I think all three parts played into a factor of why Noah got suspended. And if you look at Noah's history, it played into that. Yeah, I mean, Richard Petty and, and, and Jimmy Johnson were both at the front of that. Everyone knows Bubba Wallace was. But there were a lot of other drivers that were at the time that jumped to the front of this and saw the value in doing that as well and that's a big part of the reason and nascar weathered that in terms of the lack of fan interest that people thought was going to come it never really came for nascar and they've weathered formula one do i think it's peaking and rising it's not the nfl in terms of its value but it certainly has some of that share your thoughts fast lane ed lane facebook twitter insta more on them tomorrow in the fast lane